Hello, my name is Claire and you are listening to the Hypno Birthing Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome back to the podcast. I hope everyone's doing good and I hope everyone has been enjoying this season so far. Uh, we're about halfway through, maybe just over. Um, today's episode is really exciting and it was really interesting as well. I spoke to Catherine from Fitness Mama. Um, Catherine is a perinatal physiotherapist, so she came on to talk all about pelvic floor and why it's so important. We also talked about perineal massage and kind of how to physically prepare your body for labor. The topic is very in-depth, so we didn't go into massive, massive detail, but Catherine had a wealth of knowledge around the topic and gave some really great advice and some really great tips on the pelvic floor. Um, she also has her own podcast called the Fitness Mama Podcast. I will leave the details below, uh, but I would really advise following her on there because she talks more about the topic and also she shares specific kind of special pelvic floor episodes where she goes through exercises with you and I really feel like that would be amazing to do so I will leave the details so that you can check her out Um, but without further ado I will play the episode for you now. Hello Catherine thank you so much for joining us on the podcast if you could please introduce yourself to everyone. Thanks, Claire. Thank you for having me. So my name is Catherine and I'm a physiotherapist. I love treating women predominantly. I've got three young daughters and I live in Australia. (laughs) Sorry, that's me in a nutshell. You're on the the sunny side of the world. That's nice. (laughs) Not at the moment. It's a bit miserable down here in Melbourne. Ah, There you go. Finally. It's nice here. Um, so tell us a little bit about the work that you do and how you got into that. What led you down that path? Yeah, absolutely. So I I got into physio, I think as most kids when they finish school, I really had no idea what I wanted to do. And I'd heard about this career called physiotherapy and I thought that sounds like a bit of fun, you know. I'm not going to be stuck at a desk all day. That'll be great. So in I went, not having any idea what I was getting myself into. And when most people, well, I only really had heard about sports physiotherapy. Um, And in Australia here we've got, you know, the Aussie rules football that's really big where we're living. And I started working as a sort of sports trainer, like physio student on the football field. And I soon discovered I had a bit of a, yeah, it was just a bit of a shock because in the middle of winter, there I am in horizontal rain on this football field with all these men wanting me to massage their sweaty (laughs) hamstrings. And I thought, this is not what I signed up for. This is not cool. (laughs) Um, And it was about that time that I started doing clinic placements and my elective I chose was women's health physio. And I discovered this whole world of pregnancy and postpartum. And even as a young, you know, 19, 20-year-old, I just loved nothing more than bouncing on a ball, doing workouts with the pregnant women. And from that moment onwards, I've always had, I've always worked in a women's health clinic. I did go along the whole hospital line and worked in neuro rehab and all the rest, but I kept coming back to women's health physio. Um, And then when I finally had my children, I realized 
whoa, I thought I knew quite a bit in women's health physio and I've just had a baby and I don't know what's hit me. My whole body feels so different. It feels so foreign. I'd always felt like I was quite strong and fit and active and that after birth recovery for my first daughter, it was yeah, pretty massive. I had prolapse symptoms and all. yeah. So I discovered this whole, I, I then went on to do postgraduate training in pelvic floor rehab. I went back to university. Um, and from that moment on, yeah, I've been helping women stay dry, stay continent, stay strong, help oh. women, yeah, like with their aches and pains, pelvic girdle pain. And I just, I love it. I love what I do. I'm very lucky. Yeah, you definitely sound like you had a calling to go Go that way to the uh, more, yeah, women-focused side of things. Um, you've also got your own podcast, haven't you? And um, I'll, I'll obviously link all of those below um, so that people can find you and they can listen uh, to some of your wisdom on there. And also I have been on there as well as a guest. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we're going to talk today about pelvic floor and kind of why it's so important and things like that. But firstly... Can you just talk a bit about what actually is the pelvic floor? Because, yeah, I feel like it's one of those words that we talk about all the time and everybody's heard it, but does everybody know what it actually is and what it does? So mm. if you could kind of explain that to everybody firstly. And I love the fact that you ask this question because you're right. I think there's a big assumption, you know, as soon as we become pregnant, everyone's like, oh, are you doing your pelvic floor exercises and let's do some Kegels and all the rest, and it becomes a bit of a buzzword. And the interesting thing about the pelvic floor is that it's internal to our body. Like we can't see it. It's not like when we go to the gym and do a few bicep curls and you can see that muscle, yeah. you know, working. These muscles, you, when we're doing these exercises, we can't actually tell just by looking at someone. Well, we could visually look at the perineum, but but if I was just looking at you sitting yeah. down, I can't tell if you're doing these exercises yeah. so that's why there's quite a big I guess enigma around it and pelvic floor is really the whole concept of pelvic floor exercises it's quite new it's we used to not talk about this area you know heaven mm. forbid if anyone would mention the word vagina or you know talk about leaking and yeah all the rest so yeah. um it's quite a new thing where we've we are talking about it which is amazing um, and we're also we're learning more with research, the benefits of pelvic floor exercises. So in answer to your question, what is a pelvic floor? It's our pelvis is where that bony bit is around our <laughs> hips. And that's what our baby comes out of. It comes out of our birth outlet, which is the base of our pelvis. And the pelvic floor is like it's a perfect name for it because it's a floor of the pelvis. And women, we have quite a wide pelvis compared to our male counterparts because we give birth to babies. So and anatomically, we've got a wider pelvis. So we've also got hormonal changes that happen in our body, which is a whole other topic. But those two things in itself, these set us up for issues around this area because these muscles, they close all the openings and at the front, like towards the front of the pelvis is where the urethra is, where the wee comes out of. It's connected to the bladder. Then the middle opening, we've got three openings. The middle opening is the vagina, where the, the 
the uterus and the baby is. Um, and then the the back passage is your rectum. So we've got these three openings and our pelvic floor muscles surround all these openings and that's why they're so important with a few functions. One is keeping us dry so we're not leaking when we cough, sneeze, laugh. And if you're listening, don't tune out because, unfortunately, the statistics are real. One in three women who've had a baby have some type of leaking. One in two have some type of prolapse, which is where our organs drop down a little bit. That's massive. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. That's according to the Australian Continence Foundation. And I do think those stats need yeah. to be updated because what we used to consider prolapse isn't necessary. Anyway, yeah. getting a bit complicated. A lot yeah. of women have changes to their pelvis. And once we hit menopause, there's even more issues. So ultimately, I'm sure everyone listening today wants to stay dry. They don't want to be having to wear pads their whole life. They don't want to have to be worried about wetting their pants when they play tiggy with their children at the park or, yeah. you know, they want to be able to jump in the waves with the, at the in the ocean like with their kids. So this stuff is, I guess it's real because the yeah. statistics are there. This is just what happens. But and this is where I love coming into it, there's so much that we can do preventatively and proactively, but also we, there's so much we can do to treat any issues if they're they're there. So it's not all doom and gloom because there's lots of exciting, fun, great things that we can do to support our bodies during this period. Yeah. Oh, and that was a long answer to that question, wasn't it? No, but it's so important. I think it's, and, and also I, I remember talking to somebody about this once that I was teaching and they said something like, there is so much to like think about when you're having a baby and there's so much that you need to prepare. Like you need to obviously prepare mentally, you know, to give birth and things like that. But the physical preparation as well, like, it is important and I think sometimes mm. it can feel a bit overwhelming when you sit down and you think about all of these things that you've got to be doing you know you've got to be doing not only the you know the the kind of um psychological side of preparing for birth you know relaxing affirmations breathing those sorts of things but obviously you have to I talk to people about how important it is to do your pelvic floor exercises every day and it kind of feels like there's so much but listening to you like it is so important like it should be something mm. that we are thinking about because as you said it's preventative as well and you know it would be unfortunate to get to a point post having your baby where things aren't in great shape and then you have to do a little bit more work to get things back to to how they were before so it is really yeah. important and what are some ways like so how often a day should people be doing their pelvic floor exercises what I mean I always say to people like at first maybe try and do them while you're doing something else so that you form a kind of association with it like when mm. you're boiling the kettle or when you're doing your teeth or, so that you know after a while it becomes a kind of yeah. habit but what have you got any advice or any tips on kind of how people can work it into their day or, or anything like that yeah oh Claire this is Great question. And you are opening up a can of worms. So <laughs> I want to just pull it back a little bit. And yes. firstly, I totally agree with what you're saying in terms of, look, I think in the past, like this is when I had my first baby, it was 10 years ago, I focused on <laughs> the pram, the nursery, yeah. uh, what to buy, what to wear during pregnancy. I considered some sort of childbirth education class and then that was about it. Yeah. Um, whereas I, 
like it's good at uh, I think now it can be a little bit of overwhelm because there's all this information we now have podcasts and Instagram yeah. and there's an abundance or excess of information I think it's great on so, one well, one side yeah. it's really fortunate but yeah you're right on the other side there is so much information yeah. like how do you know what to do what to listen yeah. to I agree my members and clients that have had really great um stories to tell they uh, there's quite a recurring theme coming through and they say don't listen to everyone get one Get, you know, find something in terms of the mental preparation and the childbirth preparation and then find one thing for the physical side of things and then that's it. Yeah. Like, that's, do you know what I mean? So yeah. if you and, and then if you think about marathon runners or any um, athletes, they all have, sure, they have their physical, they coach, but they all have mental preparation too. So the mental and the physical preparation go hand in hand and it's quite interesting because a lot of what I recommend crosses over really nicely with hypnobirthing. So yeah. um and all whether or not it's hypnobirthing or affirmations or breathing strategies or whatever it might be. So what you just asked is what can we do with the pelvic floor? I think we first there's three things I want to talk about. First is let's identify if there's any red flags, if there's any issues or concerns where you perhaps might need some one-on-one attention. You might need to go and see a pelvic floor physio. They might be able to help support you on that more individualized basis. Um, I do have a free pelvic health checklist, super easy, yes to no answers. If you answer yes to any of the questions, I just recommend if you want to go and seek yeah. that support. Oh, that's so great. I'll, so I, I'll link it. I'll link can, it in the notes as well. Yeah, sure. Um, but that's just asking questions like, have you got any leaking, prolapse, sexual pain, but it goes into a little bit more detail. So that's the first thing is let's identify if you if you need that extra support. If you don't, that's great. What are the things you can do to prepare your pelvic floor for birth? And there's two, three aspects. <laughs> and it's not overwhelming. First of all, don't get overwhelmed because it's actually quite simple. But there's, we do want to get stronger, like as what you said, we do want to do our pelvic floor exercises because that's been linked with post-birth like favourable outcomes in terms of reducing our risk, risk of leaking and the rest. So, yes, we do want to be doing our pelvic floor exercises, but perhaps more importantly, we want to be keeping that general exercise up, you know, general pregnancy safe fitness and core exercises so that we had that all over body strength and that is linked really well with good pelvic floor outcomes too the stronger the fitter the healthier we are the better our pelvic floor is so that's the second thing but then the third thing which we might go into a little bit later is when we're getting to about 36 weeks pregnancy there are some things we can do to help relax that pelvic floor, prepare that pelvic floor and that perineum for birth. And that's where perineal massage and pelvic floor relaxation can come into it. But I do just want to say it's not all about pelvic floor strengthening. We don't just want to be strength, strength, strengthening during pregnancy. It's really important. We've got that lovely, we've got a beautiful lift and we can also relax just like in your shoulder muscles and neck muscles, we don't want to be lifted and tense the whole time. 
you're probably going to give yourself neck pain or a headache if you're always tensing up your shoulders. We do need to also relax our shoulders. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. Yeah, it's important to not only yeah, learn to tense it, I suppose, um, but it's important to learn how to relax it is, is what you're saying. So so mm. how often, mm. like, sorry, you know when you, like, squeeze your pelvic floor muscles? What, how long do you like hold it for? You know, what's the what's the drill? Oof. Oh, is that just going to be going to vary depending oh, on? It's on yeah. So I've started, and I'm quite surprised how popular these podcast episodes are. I in my podcast episodes, every five episodes or so, I just do a set of pelvic floor exercises. Sometimes I do really quick, short, easy workouts like not workouts lifts other times I do longer holds strength because yeah and they're really like I'm like wow people want these pelvic floor you know why because people don't really know what they're doing (laughs) like I think people don't really know like I just asked you that question of for me I would just think Mm. you just squeeze for however long however many times a day and that's it. But obviously it's way more involved than that. And yes. there's various different things you can do. So this is what I mean. Like I yeah. you know, I would say I know a decent amount about mm. this. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously I don't, but this area, but there's, you know, there's people that don't know a lot at all. So that's why I think yeah. People, yeah, that's a great absolutely. idea. That's great. So yeah. we, to put it simple, well, there's nothing simple about pelvic floor, but <laughs> let's just say we want to do some quick lifts. Quick lifts are great. So that's where we zip up, release. Yes. Yeah. Dip up, release. The release is really important. People often forget about that, that relaxation. So drawing it up and then fully release. It could be for three, two, one. Let it go. Drop and flop through that pelvic floor. Drop and flop through your tummy. So quick lifts are great. Then we want to do some strength holds. And again, I just put it, want to put the quick disclaimer. When I do a pelvic floor assessment on someone and give them an individualized pelvic floor muscle training program, it's very, uh, what I'm telling you is like gold standard, but very rarely are people gold standard. So that's where having that, and this is what I teach inside my membership is sort of teaching people how to self-assess and learn what their limits are by themselves so that they're not just doing a 10-second hold, but they're actually only holding for four seconds. I see. Yeah. And if we're aware that, like if let's say you did a zip up and a lift and you and after four seconds, you think, oh, I'm not holding for long anymore. Oh, wait, I'm beginning to squeeze my glutes. Oh, I'm beginning to hold my breath. If you're then aware of that sort of stuff, you can sort of self-monitor because it's always quality over quantity. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So someone might be thinking they're lifting for 10 seconds, but really they're just squeezing their butt muscles and holding their yeah. breath. It's not just a case of squeezing like as much as we can for mm. you know a certain period of time because that's yeah probably you're probably holding your breath and you're probably way too tense everywhere else it's about yeah, yeah qu- quality like you said yeah yeah so it's a quick lift we want to do some strength holds which generally go for about 10 seconds and then some endurance holds and they're the ones that can go up to a minute long um and they're your 50 so your half lifts not your maximum. Right. Does that make sense? So they're the different like slow twitch muscle fibers versus a fast twitch. Wow. Um, yeah, so they're, they're the different muscle fibers that we're trying to work plus the relaxation. But I can tell you now, if you're 36 weeks pregnant, 
you're probably not going to be able to lift your pelvic floor for 60 seconds because you've got the weight of your baby sitting on you and, you know, there's a lot of weight that you're lifting up against. So that's where um, there's no one prescription and that's where come and check out the pelvic floor episodes on my podcast. They sound great. They're really popular. Um, And I can also see why they're they're quite boring. I'm totally, I'm the first to put up my hand and say pelvic floor muscle exercises are boring. But I know how important they are. They keep us dry, you know, they keep us strong. There's more and more evidence to show they can really help us not just with our physical recovery and outcomes, but mentally and our confidence. There's nothing worse than, you know, being with your friends and then thinking, yeah. oh, I just peed myself. Like yeah. it's, it's such a battering to the confidence. So, yeah. yeah. And the thing is we're all going through this, whether or not you have a vaginal or a cesarean birth, We've all had nine months of baby weight sitting yeah. on top of this poor little sling of muscles that's got all the hormonal changes and all the rest. And, you know, these poor muscles are having to work hard and we're all going through this. And I think we often put so much into our baby, growing our beautiful baby, birthing our baby, you know, feeding our baby, helping it thrive and nourishing it. But then we forget to reinvest back into ourselves. Yeah. And we fall to the bottom of the to-do list. And I, I get it. I know we're busy. We're time poor. But if there's anything, if you, there was one thing you take away from this podcast, listen, is, you know, if you want to have future babies, if you want to have future pregnancies, you know, menopause is on all of our doorsteps. Like if we want to be feeling confident and strong and able to run and yeah, feeling good inside out, then let's prioritize our pelvic floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're completely right. You're so right. We do uh, we do tend to put ourselves last, don't we? Especially in those new early days, um, which yeah. is when it's probably even more important to to kind of look after ourselves. Um, so I did have somebody ask a question, which was about um, athletes or I guess people that do a lot of exercise um, having tighter pelvic floors and can a tighter pelvic floor lead to a longer labour? Um, so obviously that's a very specific question, but can mm. you shed any light on this kind of myth that people who do a lot of exercise will have a tighter pelvic floor? And is it true that a tighter pelvic floor can lead to a longer labour? Yeah. Look, I, from what I'm aware of, the research isn't amazing in this area. So I think there's a lot of anecdotal research and all the rest. But I ultimately one athlete could be totally different to another athlete. So again, we need to come back to basics. It's not just athletes that might have tight pelvic floor. If you're feeling anxious, like if you've got anxiety, if you're feeling stressed. Which lots of people do when they go into labour, don't they? And I'm finding more and more women, especially pregnant women, we all have over, well, not we all have. (laughs) If you haven't yet birthed, you and you're having issues with leaking incontinence, that's the other thing is don't assume it's a pelvic floor weakness. It might actually be an overactive pelvic floor. So, yes, it's not just athletes that need to be aware of this because this is where perineal massage has been found to help reduce risk of third and fourth degree perineal tears, but it's also being found to help reduce um, instrumental delivery and and like pushing time of the 
time for pushing. So there's some really amazing, and this is quite new emerging research, and it's not so much the massage that I think is the important part, and this is how I I teach um, perineal massage inside my uh, workout program. It's not a workout, is it? But it's it's workouts and resources. But I teach perineal massage, and I don't just teach it where this is how you massage. Like if you Googled perineal massage, you'd find some weird and wonderful positions where they're standing on one leg, they're getting a finger in and they're massaging it. And I'm like, how can you relax your pelvic floor when you're on one leg? Yeah. And the whole idea behind this is that we're wanting to open up, like as you know, the birth canal to so we don't have doors that are closed. We're opening up those doors so that the baby can pass through freely without the pelvic floor restricting and that perineum restricting the pathway. So perineal massage is not just about let's massage, massage and stretch, stretch, stretch. It's actually learning how to release and relax those muscles. And this is where I think if you're an athlete, you look maybe it might be worth having that individualised assessment, especially if you're concerned that you do have overactive pelvic floor. But also if you're listening today and you're feeling really stressed and anxious and you've had painful sex again check out my pelvic health checklist you know you've had painful sex for years and um yeah there's like so many different reasons and reasons for erect pelvic floor so the best thing is if in doubt check it out because you can always gain some information I like that. um that's usually really helpful and so we're going to talk a little bit about perineal massage. Um, I know you touched on it just now. Um, pelvic floor exercises as well. They Is it right they can help prevent tears or a need for um, episiotomy as well? And is that just yeah, so- to see you're working that muscle more? So pelvic floor exercises don't help the tearing side of things. They're thought to help reduce your risk of postpartum incontinence. Right. So the pelvic floor exercises are good for the postpartum outcomes. So this is where we want that nice um, mix of, yes, we, we want the pelvic floor muscles to be nice and strong, but we also want them to be relaxed. So that's yeah. where the perineal massage comes into it. And that's been found to reduce risk of third and fourth degree perineal tears and episiotomy in first-time mothers mostly. So if it's your second or third time, I, I don't believe perineal massage is quite as effective. But, again, it's it's very low risk. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, like so it's it's sort of nothing to lose in most cases. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. The- so- the way that, because um, what I always, um, when I'm always talking to people about um, reducing that risk of tearing, I always talk about the pelvic floor, but perhaps it's the relaxing the pelvic floor mm. that you learn that helps with the tearing. Because obviously yeah. then if you're more relaxed, if that area is more relaxed and you know how to relax everything, that's going to help mm. prevent, you know, prevent that. Um, and Okay. Oh, go on. Sorry. Yeah. To just to um, take that further, it's I, ultimately it's the awareness of your pelvic floor. So I love to give people some homework. Is <laughs> having a bit just in the last few weeks of pregnancy, and I don't know if you you recommend this. Is after your shower, turn the hot tap off, and for ten seconds. Okay, let's take a step back. We can't mimic 
labor. We can't mimic contractions, can we? So we can't really practice these relaxation techniques when we're in a moment of discomfort, like contractions. But we can practice these pelvic floor relaxation strategies when we're in a cold shower. Right, yeah, I thought you were (laughs) going to say that. That's a good idea. And because what happens to me, if I'm in a cold shower, I feel I zip up my pelvic floor straight away. My whole body tenses up. My shoulders tense up. My tummy clenches in. It's all clenched. And if you can practice, and this is where I said at the start, there's so many, like it's so similar to the breathing techniques and the hypnobirthing strategies, but the difference is you've got that awareness of your pelvic floor of dropping and flopping, which will happen naturally if you're taking good quality deep breaths. It's just another way to, you know, skin a cat. Yeah. But it's for some people it just really resonates. It's like, oh, yeah, this is this I've got it. And if you can practice that beautiful deep belly breathing, let your tummy relax, let your pelvic floor drop and flop. And if you can master that in a cold shower, oh, my God, amazing. That's great. Yeah, I like that. No, I've never heard of that before. But it's similar to I always tell people to practice their breathing techniques when they're feeling very relaxed, but also try and practice them in situations where you are not feeling that relaxed, like when you're feeling quite stressed, because that's when you're going to need it in your labor. And I guess it's the same theory Mm. as that, that we can all practice our pelvic floor while we're going, you know, going about a day, but actually it's really good to practice it in Mm. an uncomfortable situation because that's when it will benefit you most, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I've got a whole lot of childbirth preparation workouts. They're really there. There's some great workouts that are perfect for that, like 36 weeks onwards when you're really uncomfortable and you can't move very well. And it's not that easy, you know, to do a workout. And in that I sneak in some wall squats, a 60 second wall squat. And, you know, it's not comfortable doing a wall squat. Your legs start to burn. And in that we start to practice the breathing techniques and the, some strategies to help with labor too. So similar that's to great. what you're saying. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, okay. So in terms of perineal massage, what is perineal massage? Like what's, explain okay. what it is, explain that area. And yeah. What, oh, I, what, what I wish this was a YouTube clip where I could show you. Oh, um, I know. Not just a podcast. So I'm going to have to try. So, <laughs> okay. So we talked about how. Our pelvic floor surround all the openings. So now let's think about the area between your vagina and your anus. That's your perineum. It's a patch of tissue. And I've actually got some homework. If anyone listening today wants to take me up on the offer, this is your way to self-assess <laughs> your pelvic floor. Pop your finger on your perineum. You could do it through your undies. You could do it next time you're in the shower. Pop your pelvic floor. Remember, it's not a hole. It's a patch of skin between your vagina and your anus. Put your finger on your perineum and then do a pelvic floor lift and a pelvic floor release. And you will notice as you do a pelvic floor lift, that perineum tightens up under your finger. And then as you relax, hopefully that perineal gets softer and squidgier. So that's what we're wanting with the perineal massage. We're wanting that area of the perineum, which is the one which is where it's more likely to tear, to soften. So the way I teach it, and again, like I, I feel I'm almost doing a bit of a disservice 
talking about this because it's not as simple as a quick podcast. Like I'd much prefer for someone to come and join a free seven-day trial so they can really learn all the, you know, ins and out of perineal massage rather than just relying on a quick podcast episode. So I will put that. But we're essentially, we're only doing it for five minutes twice a week. It's so nothing. It's nothing. It's nothing. And that's why I said at the start, it's not about getting the stretch, in my opinion. It's not about getting increased length of tissues. It's more about learning how to relax your pelvic floor when you apply that gentle stretch through that perineum. Is oh, do we want to tense up against that discomfort or do we want to relax and release into that discomfort and get more of a stretch of that perineum? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. How I've described it. Yeah, it's and it's it's quite interesting because that's where the research has helped shown that it's helped with these outcomes. It's just five minutes twice a week from 36 weeks onwards. And I do want to just say, check in with your healthcare professional, because there are a few conditions where it's not suitable, like if there's any issues happening with your pregnancy. So do just check in with your doctor to make sure it's appropriate for you. Um, and especially if you've been advised not to have any sexual intercourse, um, it's not for you either. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I suppose, yeah, kind of the aim is to make that area a bit more supple, isn't it? And I remember I used yeah. to um, use the little bit of skin between your thumb and your index finger as a demonstration to show people in class that if you just massaged it for five minutes, you, your, what was it? Oh, that was it. When you hold your hands together mm. and drop, drop your thumbs down Um it drops further down than the other thumb if you've been massaging it because it's making that bit of skin like a little bit more elastic, isn't it? Which is what we want when it comes to giving birth. You want it to be a li- you know, be able to give a tiny little bit more than it mm. does naturally. And that's an interesting point you bring up is because what's the first thing that happens? And we sort of already touched on it. If you're in any discomfort or you're worried or concerned, what's the first thing you're going to naturally do in your body? Yeah, you're going to tense up. You're going to tense up. And so I guess the way I like to think about perineal massage is that we're we're getting that area into a little bit of a position of discomfort, not a, and I'll explain that in a moment, but then instead of tensing up and resisting that, we're sort of easing into it and we're working with it, not against it. And also getting familiar with those sensations down there. You know, when the baby's mm. he- head is coming out you know if you're if you've been doing things like this and and making things perhaps feel a little bit uncomfortable in preparation then you're not surprised by that feeling you almost kind of know what that feeling is it's the the baby yeah you know you're kind of already a bit used to it yeah and that's the exciting part because you're just about to meet your beautiful baby Yeah. yeah oh no yeah I mean yeah it's great I did perineal massage with my first and I didn't really do it with my second but I mean that goes pretty similar to what you were saying about kind of subsequent pregnancies mm. where it's perhaps not as beneficial um and- but I definitely did it with first <laughs> and I didn't find it very comfortable I have to say but I did mm. I did try and do it um yeah yeah and it's not easy. You've got a big belly at 36 weeks, yeah, like reaching easy. down there. Yeah. It's not easy. And for some yeah. women, they just, they're not comfortable doing it. No. Um, you know, and sometimes women aren't comfortable for their partners to do it. And totally, I get that. Yeah. And if that's the case, I think that's okay. And that's why there's so much 
like what we talked about, there's so many other positive things you can yeah. be doing to prepare that area. You know, becoming aware of that pelvic floor, learning how to relax it, doing that pelvic floor relaxation in a cold shower, um, doing those beautiful pelvic floor and core workouts that are pregnancy safe to keep you strong in this area. So yeah. there are lots of things you can still yeah. do. Um, then there's the in-birth, um, which is, a, again, a, probably a whole other discussion, but a nice warm compress yeah. during birth um, is may may really help too so yeah yeah it's not just yeah if you if you don't get on with pelvic floor you can't uh, sorry not pelvic floor perineal massage or you can't do it for some reason then yeah there's lots of other things that you can be doing Mm. as well it's not the be all and end all is it but um if you can it's yeah it's one of those things you said like low risk it doesn't cost you anything doesn't really take much time you kind of might as well if you don't mind it Um, and you can do it that's what I always think place to trial it is probably the bath because then you don't even need to get the lubricant out yeah you know you're you're, relaxed already you're relaxed yeah yeah hopefully (laughs) (laughs) oh thank you so much Catherine um is there anything else that you feel like you want to share about anything we've talked about that you think might be relevant we've covered quite a lot of really useful things and as you said some of it's very involved so it's hard to go into real specific detail but I'll definitely leave your links where can people find you yeah come and um check out the podcast is probably the best thing uh the, the fitness mama podcast or instagram at fitness mama f-i-t-n-e-s-t-m-a-m-a and same with the website.com yeah like we we this we could talk about so many things we didn't even talk about any afterbirth recovery stuff which is also a lot of fun so yeah maybe we'll yeah, have to come this... get you back on and we'll talk about that at some point yeah <laughs> i would love to <laughs> um no yeah it's been really useful as i said it's one of those topics i think that we all know we should be doing it we all know you know <laughs> the kind of rough reasons why but i think again yeah. a lot of us don't really understand the importance mm. of it so it is important. And I have talked about it on this podcast before, but I think as many reminders as we can have yeah. um, to do it and, you know, about how important it is, is, is yeah. really good. And that would be my final tip is make it easy for you. Work out what's easy. Like, you know, is it just, yeah, like doing a few pelvic floor exercises when you listen to a podcast and you're breastfeeding or is it when you're just five minutes of quality workouts when your toddler's at home or you know like what's easy for you because if it's easy you're more likely to be consistent and then yeah. you build on those amazing habits so yeah don't overcomplicate it if it's yeah. too hard it probably is too hard and you probably won't do it so that's a yeah, good I'm tip. all about simplicity as a mum yeah. just stuff has to be easy or else you don't do it <laughs> you don't do it no you're right you're right you have to yeah you have to definitely make it simple and easy to achieve especially in those early days and then hopefully it becomes a habit so you don't have to think about it too much after that but yeah, yeah. I agree don't um and low expectations because if it doesn't work one day there's always tomorrow and just keep plugging away and if you're listening yeah. today you're doing an amazing job wherever you're at in your stage oh thank you um but yeah thank you so much for coming on i'll leave all of your details in the show notes so people can easily come and find you and hopefully go onto your podcast and listen to those pelvic floor exercises because they sound really great i wish i had those <laughs> when i was pregnant um, oh it's never too late get them in before menopause claire oh yeah no well, I'll, I'll be on there i'll be listening to them 
Um, but no, thank you so much, Catherine. It's been really nice to speak to you. And yeah, as I said, it'd be great to have you back and we'll talk a bit about postnatal um, things that people can do. I think that'd also be really useful for people. So um, we'll sort that. We'll do that. Um, but thank that. you. Thank you so much, Claire. Thank you, love so it. Much. thank you so much. Bye. A big thank you to Catherine for coming on to the podcast to share her wealth of knowledge on the subject of, of pelvic floor and perineal massage. I'm sure you'll agree it is a really important topic and what Catherine had to say was really, really important and interesting and I feel like I learned a lot as well, which is great. So a big thank you to her. As always, if you guys are interested in any of my courses that I offer, I will leave all of the links below. I do uh, Zoom courses and also kind of pre-recorded courses as well. So something there hopefully for everybody, every budget, every time scale as well. If you're enjoying the podcast, please do rate and review it because it always helps. And also, if you'd like to say thanks, you can always buy me a coffee as well, which is just like a really sweet way of saying thank you if you're finding the podcast useful. I do have quite a few people that buy me coffees, which I always really appreciate. So the link for that is below as well. I will be back in two weeks time with a brand new episode. So I will speak to you then. Goodbye. Goodbye.